granddad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello, underpants. That is hilarious. Just your mouth do. Rate and review this podcast or my daddy will go into a deep depression. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. Guys, good times, great oldies. Uh, this week, I have a really fun guest. It's my friend Adam. Um, he's a creative director and a writer, an ad writer, mostly, but writes other things. Um, but before we get to that, uh, I just want to throw out my sponsor, guys, Puzzle Packs, puzzlepackspax.com. Guys, you, if you listen, you already know what it is. It's a six-pack carrier that folds up, made of wood, fits in your backpack, folds right back up into a six-pack carrier, also comes with a bottle opener on it. They also make coasters with bottle openers, and on the coasters and the six-pack holders, you can get your logo, your name, your gang, your gang affiliate logo, uh, your favorite you know, soccer team emblazoned on the side. I don't know how they emblazon it, but they do. Uh, it's American made. It's a veteran owned company, a friend of mine, and uh, it's an awesome product. Uh, we've been giving them out to people and people love them, uh, including people like Todd Glass, uh, who got a little puzzle pack from the Pittsburgh Comedy Festival. Um, so check that out, puzzlepacks.com. That's puzzlepackspax.com. One of my sponsors. <clears throat> Other than that, guys, always like to remind you, if I'm doing stand-up anywhere, <clears throat> you can check that out on my website, AaronClaber.com. You can see back episodes, GrownDadBusiness.com, or, you know, however you found this episode, there's back episodes. Um, but uh, in November and December, I'll be coming to Charlotte. Uh, in the beginning of the month, I'll be coming to Indianapolis November 1st. November 4th, I'll be headlining in Cleveland and then I will be in Charlotte, and then I will be in Eastern PA and Reading and York with Jim Brewer, and then blah, 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 all kinds of stuff. But if you're listening this week and you're in Pittsburgh on Friday, October 30th, the roast of Freddy Krueger, we've mentioned it on the Handle the Truth podcast. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's uh, handlethetruth.com, handlethetruthpodcast.com. Sean Collier and I, Sean is a an actual critics guild of the United States of earth, uh, or whatever they call it. He's a real movie reviewer and a funny comedian. And me and Sean, Sean and I, we review movies and also talk about retro movies and we love horror movies. And we talk about movies, handle the truth podcast.com or, uh, at truth podcast on Twitter. So check that out. Uh, but October 30th, roast of Freddy Krueger, a bunch of horror icons, horror, horror, Horror icons, not horror icons like Janet Jameson. That would be a horror icon. Uh, horror icons roast Freddy Krueger at Arcade Comedy Theater on Friday, October 30th. That's going to be a blast. Uh, but yeah, that's about it for now. I'm going to go to my guest, guys. I'm going to my guest. Um, Adam is here. Adam, how do you say your last name? Uh, Chico. Is it really Chico? It is Chico. I would have never. What? I've, it's C-I-C-C-O. I've gotten Psycho. I've gotten sicko. I've gotten kicko. I never get the only people that pronounce it right are foreign language. It's teachers. really Chico. It's Chico. Yeah. What's your nationality? Italian. It's Italian. Yep. 
Chico. I think it was shortened from I have, Chicone. I have never ago. any have heard anyone say your last name ever. Ever. Because they're probably afraid to. <laughs> I never thought it was Chico. I always thought it was like Cecilio. Right? Uh, That's not bad. I've, I've gotten Cecilio. Yeah, it's close. Cecilio. Yeah. I always yeah. thought it was like Cecilio. Well, okay. Uh, Adam uh, Chico. Adam Chico now sounds like you're a made up person. Put it this way I hated roll call in school. Yeah, they're like Adam Chico and they're looking for this big no. uh, Vato gangster. They didn't even get, out. They didn't even get Chico doing, out. Adam Chico, are you doing? <laughs> right? Like, in the, you have a switchblade. No, that doesn't That's racist. Not all Mexican. Okay, if his name's Adam Chico, he's a gangster. Uh, I met Adam uh, a c- couple years ago. Adam is a creative director for an advertising company and a writer, and you've done some writing in Los Angeles and ad writing and things like that all over the country. And um, Adam and his partner, Craig, who I will have Craig on in a future episode because I can't put them both on at the same time because it will be – the three of us will just be like three kids on a middle school <laughs> sleepover. Um, but uh, we have a lot of fun, and these guys – write for me when I'm in commercials, a bunch of their commercials, and it's fun. Uh, so how does that work? Like, I have i don't know what it's like writing for actors. I have, but... Um, you know, it really depends. I mean, most of the time you don't know the actor you're writing for. You're yeah. just kind of writing. Um, yeah. But for the spots we worked on, I kind of had you... I'd seen you do stand-up all across Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I kind of had you in mind... So I kind of tailored it toward you. That's always exciting. Knowing that <laughs> knowing that you could ad lib if we needed yeah. to in the spot. So yeah, yeah. I, I like how you guys write kind of a like a skeleton and just like I know there's parts where you're like, oh yeah, just do this here. I'm like, okay. And you guys are always great at just throwing stuff at me, and that's always fun, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I think ad writing is to me is like. It's such a process. I mean, you're never to me. The finished product is never once the client approves it. I mean, when you go in a shoot, then you have the director's input, and then you know, like I said, we like to really work with the actors. Yeah, I mean, a good creative is going to work with the actors. So yeah, um, that's why we like working with you. So you bring a lot to the table. So yay, that's good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, you guys are a blast, and I feel like nobody cares about this creative stuff. Uh, nobody. <laughs> You know, but it's just part of my life that's a lot of fun, and uh, you know, I get to have fun with you guys on set. A lot of people don't realize how how much, you know, how much of a big deal it is that you know when you're at work, you like to have people at work that you have fun with, right? And people you like to eat lunch with and things like that. It's the same thing on set of like commercials Mm -hmm. or film. You know, it's like you connect with people that are fun, and uh, I'm glad that uh, you guys are there because it would be really boring. It's you know what it's funny like it's different because I lived in L.A. for 15 years. It's very different here than it was there. Sure, um, you know you're a Pittsburgh guy and Craig and I are Pittsburgh guys, so it's like you know we kind of shoot the shit on set and it's yeah. just you know we have a blast. But like out there, it's I don't know. I I think they take it too seriously, like the <laughs> actor. So it's like they'll be sitting there on set and there, there's a lot of downtime. Yeah, I mean there's a ton of downtime. Yeah, so they'll just kind of sit there kind of all to themselves and look at their phone or their iPad and, you know, get their makeup back on and everything. And I can't it's just, do that. It's drives me nuts. I can't do that. I like to walk nuts. around and talk to people and yeah, I mean, that, it, I like me, to be a morale meter. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I, plus I love attention. Yeah. No, I, 
Yeah, well, you do love attention. Yeah, I can vouch for that. That's I mean, which yeah. is fun. No, it's fine. I mean, I think look. the best parts were like when we were like on the last year when we were outside waiting for them to change sets. I mean, we had a like a whole little comedy bit going on out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it, yeah, so I think you were doing the uh, Herb Brooks, the Miracle on Ice speech. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't remember. Uh, I usually I don't. People are like, remember that time you? I'm like, nope, nope, don't at all. Um, but no, I. Uh, this is a weird changing gears, but uh, I, I, you and I have something in common, and you've you've publicly talked about your your mm-hmm. dad. You're a dad. Uh-huh. You're divorced. Yes. Um, and something that we've talked about too was just having like anxiety and depression. Yes. And how much. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know any other dads that, like, I can talk to or things like that because I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I had more anxiety when I drank more. I don't drink much anymore at all, hardly. Um, but it's it's crazy. You know, I think there's a lot of parents out there that have anxiety and depression and have families. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, for me, like, I'll, I'll tell you about me first is, like, I was telling Adam before, it's like you have this anxiety where it's like you can't go to sleep at night. You think horrible thoughts like, you know, my house is going to burn down in the middle of the night. Like it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to explain to like your spouse or your friends. And they're like, oh, well, I'm sorry I made you upset. I'm like, you you didn't. It's, it's not your fault. Right. Like I, I don't know how to explain it to you. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing. Like I, I, I literally like – Wish I could have like this big mea culpa like to everybody like in my family. For yeah, just, it, it, it's hard. It was hard for me to deal with it. Yeah, because um, when you're in, when you suffer, I mean, I suffer from bipolar disorder, but you know, a large part of that's depression. So when you're in that depression cycle, it's like you just you cocoon yourself. You know, it's it's yeah. physically you're there, mentally you're just like checked out some other place. Right. So when stuff like starts going bad, it just gets really bad yeah um but like it, it affect you know obviously it affected you know my marriage and my you know my ex-wife god bless her i mean she stuck around and begged me to get the help and it's mm. uh it's kind of like an alcoholic like you have to really want to get help to get help yeah. which is sad because it really affects your life but um as a parent um like i said i mean it, i was there but i necessarily wasn't always yeah, there wasn't like present, right? Mentally, and it's, it's. I mean, it's sad. It's like, it, but it, you literally, unless you get treatment, unless you're on the you know proper medications, like you cannot get out of it yourself. Right. It's really hard. And like, does that? I mean, without saying, like, I mean, obviously, it's how it affects like your relationship with your kids. I mean, you have one kid. One kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how how did it, how does it affect it that way? Are you like building back? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I really started seeking treatment, um, to January, 2013 and had a really good psychiatrist. So she always monitor like, you know, my blood level, like right. we get like blood tests and all this stuff. So we yeah. had the right dosage of medication mm-hmm. and that worked wonder. So it's like at that point to me, that's when I tried to rebuild kind of like my, my relationship with my son. Right. Um, and, you know, he's in his teens. He's 17. He'll be graduating next year. Yeah. So, you know, compile. It's like 
you have to go through the teenage stuff with him too. Right, right. So you have to kind of sift through like what's the teenage stuff, what's the <laughs> what's the um, what stuff, stuff is hormones and what's off at me, you know. Yeah, what's hormones and what right. is my fault. Right, right. So yeah. um so you know that that was kind of a struggle. Now we I mean we have a pretty cool I think we talked about this on the set one time. Like your kids as they get older, they, they really understand like what you did for them. Sure. As and you know, I think I did the best I could with the the limited capacity I had when right. I wasn't depressed. So, um, I mean, you have a great relationship now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And you're right. It's funny because like, I think I reached like 19 or 20 and then I, you know, I like couldn't stand my mom for years. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom is a single mom and me and my sister and, and, uh, you know, I hit like 19 or 20 and, you know, I fall, I fell in love, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with my wife pretty early on. And, uh, you know, that combined with being like a grown up and just like run 18, 19 and you're like, oh, wow. Like my mom's amazing. Yeah. You know, my mom doesn't listen to this. Sometimes <laughs> she is like, I don't know how these podcasts work. How do I got a podcast on my phone? Uh, but she knows it. And I've told yeah. her like, my mom is a strong woman and yeah. been through a lot of things. And, uh, you know, we've been really open about it. And, uh, you know, now I try to, you know, be as good as I can to my mom, you know? Um, but how, like, how do you, I guess, you know, your son is at an age now where you can like talk to him about some of the stuff you went through. Mm -hmm. And I guess I I try to make it applicable for parents that are listening. Like how, how does that conversation happen? How do you have like a teenager understand like what dad's going through? You know what I mean? Cause it's not as clear cut as like, well, Hey, look, I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. that's pretty cut and dry right? uh, or not dry at all. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, but how, how does that conversation happen? Like, you know, I'm afraid like my anxiety is going to get worse. And then like, you know, my kids are in middle school and I'm like, daddy's crazy. Yeah. Um, it, honestly, like I was, when we decided we were going to get divorced and, you know, obviously my, my depression and all that stuff was, was the kind of like the big factor in that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think my wife and I decided to be pretty, you know, truthful. Yeah with him you know it's like we couldn't live like this anymore right and um you know i was just i was honest with him you know i was like look i i i can't do this the way i've been doing it you know i really need to get right. help i need to it, it, you're you're worried that you're going to come off selfish right because you say you know i really need to work on myself yeah. you know and, and if i can't if i can't work on myself i'm not gonna be any good to you as a father that's uh, you know what I mean. I say that to people in all different kinds of you know people that have relationships or people that are parents. It's like you. I always say you can't love others until you love yourself. Mm-hmm. You really can't. You can't if you can't give you know fully to yourself first. You can't give that to anybody else because you have no overflow. No, there's nothing left. You know, and that's you know that's tough to do. And you know, I tell people in relationships all the time, or you know, but especially parenting. You know, you, you know, I think you see that some kids are, are raised rough, you know, uh, because the parents are, they're just lost. They're empty. Right. And they don't have anything left to give to their kids. And, um, you know, I think that's a, it's a kind of a courageous thing that, you know, you have to be able to like take care of yourself first before you're able to take care of your kids. Yeah. And, and I mean, when I was in California, it was just, it was a really, it was a really rough time. You know, it's, I was out there kind of like when the housing bubble burst and right. the economy just went down the crapper. Um, so it was always like, 
uh, you know, going from hopefully full-time employment to um, mostly freelance. Right. And, you know, we were just kind of talking before, um, you know, freelance is like feast or famine. I mean, when it's good, it's great. It's the worst. You know, and when it's not, it's like you better hope you'd saved enough you know, and, and kind of, it's 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 a lifestyle. I mean, it's a completely yeah. different lifestyle from full time. I get a check every you know, other week, and that's uh, honestly, man. Uh, you know, anybody listening that wants to get into comedy, uh, especially if you already have kids. Um, I mean, I got into stand up. I mean, I was always doing filmmaking and acting and improv and sketch comedy, but really, when I delved into stand up. You know, I just had my daughter. She was probably six months old and probably about six to seven months into stand up. I realized I'm like, this is really hitting mm-hmm. like I'm I'm pretty decent at this. I think I should keep pursuing this, this and acting. And uh, man, uh, a lot of people don't realize. I mean, just just now, six years into stand up, I'm OK about paying my bills, mm-hmm. but I still I I didn't have that anxiety hit me hard until uh, I had, you know, didn't know what I was going to do. You know, at a point where I was working like three jobs, you know, uh, you know, all those things like where's, you know, my next paycheck coming from, you know, doing four different things. You know, it's like doing, you know, landscape. I was doing landscape construction and then I was DJing and then I was also driving an executive car. And I was also doing stand-up two, three nights a week. Like, that was my life, my first year or two of stand-up. Yeah. And it was, um, it just, it drove me, you know, but it also really dug into me anxiety-wise and depression-wise. Yeah, it's, I remember when I was freelancing, it was, it was exciting. It was one of those things where if I had been single. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, worst case scenario, wind up moving back with my mom, you know. Right, right. But, you know, when you have a family and we were young, um, we're in our early twenties. Um, you know, it's, it it was, it was just so brutal and, you know, God bless my wife for, for, you know, managing the finances and stuff. But, uh, Oh, my wife did the same thing, man. Like she, I mean, she literally, especially in California, I mean, she kept us afloat, you know, and it was like one of those times where I take jobs where I maybe wasn't qualified. Like, People, a person called me and they said, we're going to give you 50 grand. Would you like to work on a movie? Yeah. I'm like, I've never worked on a movie before right. in my life. Um, but I took it and, you know, I wound up kind of learning as I went. But right. Um, yeah, it's it's just, and I guess, I mean, tying it back to the depression thing, it's just, you know, kind of feeds that monster even more, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's, um, so. I, you know... When it comes to like having that responsibility of other mouths to feed, you know, where I hear I hear young comedians. I mean, sorry, this sounds you know some comedians are like, oh whatever, but mm-hmm. like really, it's like comedians are like, you know, they have n- nobody. They don't even have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and yeah. they're like, this is hard. I'm like, really? Yeah, it's hard. Like right now, do you like? If I didn't have any other responsibilities, like who knows what I'd be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, but I will never take that back right you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i i feel like and i i feel like you know you would attest to this is that that struggle kind of makes who you are yeah no for sure i mean it's it's funny because i'm back um at the company where i started yeah early in my career so it's like kind of come full circle right right um so that it mentally kind of puts me at ease you know even though there's like a bunch of new people um sure 
but uh you know it definitely helps with uh um you know kind of rebuilding past relationships whether yeah. it's with my son or you know my ex-wife and i now are, are i i consider you know her still like my best friend so yeah um but like the difference for me now is like night and day you know i'm, sure. I'm back in my city back in my surroundings right and, you know it's just like LA and I just not, did not mix. <laughs> well, I, yeah. And I mean, I, I've talked about this a couple of times where people are like, when are you move to LA, when are you move in LA? And I'm like, uh, when I get a TV show, mm-hmm. like, I don't like a lot of people don't realize, you know, and people tell me, and it's always comedians who are single, uh, that said like, you just gotta come out here and like, you know, get a job, man, and make it happen. I'm like, I've been making a living off of acting and stand up for over four years now, mm-hmm. what makes you think I can just move to LA and just, what do you want me to just get a job driving a truck? Right. They're like, yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> I'm like, no. And also I have friends too that have moved out. Like I have uh, an actor friend from Philly. Mm-hmm. You may know her. Um, she just up and moved her husband, you know, and her son to wow. like Los Angeles. But like, you know, there, she's one of those people that it's like, Oh, your husband's a doctor. <laughs> They're like, oh, your husband's a professor. Right. You know, or, oh, your wife's an obstetrician. Like, well, yeah, you can move you to can L.A. Move. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Like, because your spouse is going to get a job at 80000 a year immediately. Right. You know, um, my wife is a preschool director. <laughs> um, and she doesn't speak Spanish. Right. So, which, by the way, is not a joke. That's a real prerequisite. Oh yeah, no, which I is believe it. totally understandable, right? So it's like even if even if my wife did go get a job in her field, childhood education or preschool, um, she's not making any money. Yeah, you know. So it's it really comes down to math. Oh yeah, people no, don't no. understand that. But that's what you know. It kind of it gives you that anxiety, and then I just had a third too, where I'm just yeah, like, yeah. holy shit, like I gotta <laughs> I gotta get it going, you know. Luckily. Adam and his partner Craig really like me, and they keep putting me in commercials, which is spectacular. And that'll that'll uh, hopefully continue. You have no idea. Like, <laughs> I think you do know. It's like making a living from stand up. You know, I tell people like, if I get a commercial, it is like, uh, you get a commercial and you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm okay for a month or two. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's uh, oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, my family has a history of like anxiety and depression and it always scares me that I'm going to get worse and worse and worse. And, um, I, sometimes I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know if I should go talk to somebody, but I, I'm like, I'm afraid to talk to people like a therapist or something because I'm really open. Yeah. So I'll just tell them everything I'm thinking. And they're like, oh, you're a serial killer. (laughs) Like, like that's what I'm afraid of. They're like, oh, yeah, you got problems. And I'm like, well, that's because you're used to nobody being honest with you. Right, right. I'm very honest. I mean, also, I had, I mean, I went through counseling when I went to school. A lot of people maybe listening to the podcast don't know that I went to school to be a youth pastor uh, for ministry and counseling. Um, did you know that? Uh, yes. That. Yeah, we did have that conversation. So yeah. part of that was like actually going through counseling and like through a men's group and, you know, kind of taking care of my own demons and things like that, which is, you know, I don't regret going to school for ministry because it was, it made me who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it kind of helped, you know, me deal with a lot of things in my life because I had a rough childhood of abuse and, you know, we were poor and things like that. Um, but it's just something that like, uh, 
it's encouraging to hear like, you know, someone saying that like you kind of have to deal with it. I mean, of course you had some collateral damage on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I knew eventually it was, it, it was going to kind of come down to this, which is like a really shitty thing to say, but yeah. I just, you know, in a way kind of when my wife, you know, you know, asked for a divorce, it was like, she kind of saved me if yeah. that, if that makes any sense. You know what sure. I mean? Cause it just really hits like, Oh shit. Yeah. You know, my life as right. I know it is like, yeah. Done, when you, when know? you lose something, you definitely know that something's wrong. Yeah. 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 And, 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 um, so yeah, I mean, in a weird way she saved me and then having my son and I've said a million times, like if, if I didn't have him, you know, I don't know where I would have wound up, you know, yeah, which I, is, which is a really scary no, I, thought, I, I completely understand what you're saying. I think everybody feels like that. And I feel like, you know, we're blessed in a way where, you know, I always say like, oh, if I didn't meet my wife, yeah, I wouldn't have been as successful. I mean, I would have been a piece of garbage. I always said like, <laughs> I was, I would always joke around like, I would say, man, if I didn't meet my wife, I'd probably have five illegitimate children and have AIDS. <laughs> That's, I would be a mess. I'd be living with my mom. Like, I don't, I don't like, I don't know. My wife made everything great. And, and, you know. Uh, having my first child when I started really taking acting and stand up seriously, that was my goal. That was my drive. Is it kind of like hyper? You're like on hyper focus at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of, yeah. It's like, look, I got to make this work. You know, because because sometimes people ask, like, you know, well, how did you get to this point? Like, you were doing stand up for a year or whatever. You know, like at this timeline, how did you do that? And it was just like, well, look, I knew that this is how I had to make a living. And in order to make a living doing this, I had to hustle on the business end and also be funnier every day. Mm-hmm. And it, that's what drove me to do that, you know? And I think, you know, would you say that, like, you know, to kind of make that relationship with your son stronger really helped you kind of push you ahead to just try to, like... Yeah, it, it definitely... Um, it, it it made me... I mean, it really did make... It made me happier. Like, in the last yeah. couple of years, especially, it's just like... You know, I had something positive to focus on, and yeah. um, you know, I, it, it's cool when they're younger because um, you're like, I mean, you have a what? Luke's what? Four? Yeah, he just turned five or five. Yeah. Um, you're kind of at like that buddy phase. Yeah, you know, like he's. I mean, he was. He's still my best friend, but like right. when he was young, I mean, he was like we we're like buddies. Yeah, you know, we did. We watched the same shit. Like yeah, we watched my Sponge, guy. SpongeBob yeah. together and all this stuff. And then, like when he hit thirteen, it was like kind of yeah. Right now, I got to go into like parent mode a little more yeah. and I was probably hard on him a lot yeah it's because my dad my dad passed away in 2004 that's kind of like when the depression kind of kicked in yeah um but he was bipolar too but he was always like really super hard on me like yeah. if I brought a B home he'd be like where's why don't you get an A oh man yeah and um never physical abuse but just like oh yeah I just, we I, ne- just we, I got abused yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, like bad yeah but it's like I I Good for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like, we'd be in the same room, like watching football, and right. we talk like at the TV. Yeah, kind of like as a way to talk to each other. Yeah, like we never said "I love you" or anything until like he was getting sick, and I knew kind of like the end was coming. Right, and then we'd hug each other and right. say "I love you" and stuff. But it, it kind of started that way with my kid, and then I was just like, "Oh, dude, this is 
freaking awesome. You know, yeah. it's just like this little mini me. Yeah, it's the best. You know, with like my weird sense of humor and, and <laughs> my wife was always like, yes. oh God, I got two of these, you know? Oh, my wife all the time. She's <laughs> like, Luke has your charm and your sense of humor. Like he flirts with my wife and is funny <laughs> and just like does silly things to get his, like his sister and my wife's attention. And she, my wife's like, there, that, that's you. Just like being a little sweet, little charming, little goofy dude. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I was. But it's fun now that like, I think that when you think about it, like how you were raised, you want to be better than that. No matter mm-hmm. what, no matter how, you know, it might've been decent. Right. right. But no, my, my mom was fantastic. I right. mean, yeah, my parents, see, here's the word. My parents got divorced in I think 79. Yeah. Then got remarried in 83. Okay. And then got divorced again in like 99 or 2000. Right. So Empire Strikes Back made them get divorced. Mm, yes. And then Return of the Jedi <laughs> so brought them back together. Brought them back that's, together. That's adorable. Right. That's the way I like to think about it. <laughs> um, 77, 80, and 83. I and, know nerds. And relax. Phantom Menace made him get divorced again. <laughs> Shut up. Was it 99? <laughs> Shut your mouth. Guys, speaking of Star Wars, uh, now I can hashtag this podcast Star Wars. Good job, Adam. Oh, my gosh. That's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um but uh, yeah, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so so it's like one of those things where when I got married, I'm like, I don't want to be statistic. Yeah, know? right. Because right. it's like children of divorce. Sure, yeah. And it's like when I became a statistic, it was like, dude, like, yeah, I failed miserably at this. Yeah, and um, you know, I still beat myself up over it because you know, my, I mean, Gabby is like a great person. I mean, she's just right. a wonderful person, and. Um, it sucks not being there. Like my kid had homecoming dances last weekend and I couldn't be there. Yeah. So she sent me pictures and, um, she, he told her that he wishes I was, he wished I was there. Yeah. So I kind of just kind of like lost it. You oh know? yeah. Um, Oh, but, my kids, uh, dude, uh, my kids being little now, it's like, where's daddy? When's daddy coming yeah. home? And people ask me too, it's like, Oh, do you FaceTime with your kids? And I'm like, no, sometimes I do, mm-hmm. but I can't. Like if if I FaceTime with my kids every night when I'm out of town, I'd lose my mind. I'd go to sleep depressed every night. Oh yeah. Like thinking like I'm not there. My kids are going to sleep without their daddy. Like it's it's horrifying. I can't even think about that. You know. Um, but when you're I mean when you're home, you're pretty present. Yeah. I yeah. mean because of that, just because of the little time you absolutely. have between gigs and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I and I plan around too. Like now, you know, I make sure. You know, a, a couple people that have have that I've worked with, especially you know, I've learned a lot from Jim Brewer about like you know, don't miss holidays and birthdays. Mm-hmm. Like, just flat out told me that don't miss. And hopefully next month I'll have Jim Brewer on. Um, I mean, he's been really good to me, like a big brother. And uh, you know, don't miss holidays and birthdays. Just for my, if I can just uh, say something to my son. Um, yeah, I want him to know how important I really am because you've had. I'm kind of falling in between Bobcat Goldthwaite, uh, Paul Rodriguez, <laughs> <laughs> and, Jim yeah. Bre- and Jim Brewer. So yeah, I'm like the next logical progression. And then- Yeah, no, because I like you. You're my friend. <laughs> you're talented. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And if you're a dad, that pretty much fills that checkbox. Yeah. Exactly. So you're in. Nice. You're in. You are an important person. Nice. You, you know, I always, I always give people credit to... I always give the people credit to make the ones that make me look good. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I think, you know, my friend Dustin Dowling mm-hmm. who, you know, has directed and, you know, edited tons of things I've done. And I always say that I give Dustin 49% credit. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a joke. 
because I get 51% because <laughs> this is the majority. But, but like you guys, you know, like people that write for, you know, actors and direct and you guys make us funny and we get the credit most of the time. You know, and, you know, a, a lot of people don't realize that. And I try to a lot because there's so many people that like make me who I am and make me, you know, look so much better <laughs> in front of people. It's the people that are editing things that I'm in. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I may be I look at it as like I may be be a, a tool. I am a tool, uh, but like an ex- like I might be an expensive DeWalt drill. Right. Right. <laughs> right? And every once in a while I can run myself, but normally I need people to, you know, carpenters who know what they're doing to handle my tool. This is a terrible example, Uh, but do you get it? Yeah. I mean, I I think, I think Craig and I I want you to put your drill bit in my drill. (laughs) I think Craig and I have definitely handled your tool over the last couple of shoots. You sure have. Um, You sure have those lonely (laughs) snowed in nights. That we've had. We had a snow oh, in one God, time. that was ridiculous. Six feet of snow. Six feet of in snow. In Philadelphia. Uh, Everything was closed. For no reason. For no reason. Like, it's like, you, this is not Florida. It was the shining in that lobby. It was nuts. There was nobody in there. I know. Yeah. Um, one thing, I, one last thing I wanted to ask you about is, uh, yeah. and we talked a little bit about it, was how like, how like anxiety and depression like affects you creatively? I'm going to bring that back oh, around. Oh, man. Um Well, let me, let me say like, cause I know like, you know, I've known comedians that have been on pills and stuff for like anxiety and depression and they're a little like nuts. It doesn't, I can see them. It physically affects them. And that Mm -hmm. terrifies me. It terrifies me to be on something and like not be able to like function. And I know we talked a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, well, like you were talking about how it has in the past. I'm, I'm on like right now, currently I'm on like five medications. Yeah, you right. don't want to say that. So, well, it's all don't right. Don't tell anybody that. It's all right. I'm good. Who cares? Um, if they get rid of you, then uh, you right. can sue the <laughs> shit out exactly. of them. Exactly. Um, no, I mean, I'm an open book about it. It's like when you have that emotional kind of like imbalance. Yeah. Um, you know, they say like some of the greatest songs were written like when some guy was like depressed, right? Yeah. So some of the best stuff I've ever written was when I was depressed. Right. Some of the shittiest stuff I've ever written is when I was like really happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so sometimes you need a little Bob Dylan in there. Yeah. So uh, it, the the hardest thing was the medication I'm on now. You know, trial and error, getting the right amount, right. dosage, and everything. I'm really like leveled out. Yeah. So I don't get too high. I don't get too low. I'm just kind of like in nice. the middle, which is great. But l- kind of retraining yourself to yeah. write and create was yeah. really difficult. Wow. Because you you don't feel that you don't have like that emotional swing, you know. Right, right. Sometimes I needed to write something like when I was working on that movie, yeah. I needed like some really dramatic like pieces in there and dude, it took me like almost a week. Yeah. Just to figure out what to put in because I was relearning how to do stuff. Right. See, I don't I don't think I'm ready for that. I'm ready. I'm not ready if I do something like that and then I have to relearn things. I'm not ready for that. I'd rather be a nutcase right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's it, guys. I'm going to be a nutball. That's right. Next week's podcast, I'll be like, hey, what's up, idiots? I hate you. No. Um, no. It, it, I, I did it so long without medication and it's like you could probably do it if – like right now, I mean, I still – see a psychologist, you know, to talk and right. I'm, and I'm really probably more open with them than I should be, but 
Well, actually, no, because I should be open with them. Yeah. That's the whole point. That's what I'm afraid right? of. I'm a pretty open book with, like, like yeah. people that I'm acquaintances with. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, like, if I get into an office where they're like, anything you tell me is, I'm like, well, I had a dream last night where I had a chainsaw, and, uh, you know, I have this hole in my closet, and I, no, I'm just kidding. Um, like, I don't know what I'm going to say. And then they're going to, like, not take me serious, or they're going to take me too serious. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, medication's oh, not good for everybody. I, I don't, I can't say I recommend it for everybody. Right. I was just like, my dad suffered from it. Right. I suffer from it. He never got help. I saw where it led him. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to wind up that way. Right. So, you know, it's extreme, but, you know, I'm a lot happier. Sure. So it just depends on the person. Well, dude, this this was an awesome conversation, man. I feel like I brought the podcast down. Dude, bro, this is exciting. No, <laughs> I think it's really important that I think, you know, I, I like, I wanted to talk to you because I really like you. And I think that you bring something to the table that, you know, I think parents want to talk about. Cool. You know, and I think that's really cool. And obviously, you know, if people are suffering with anxiety or depression, you know, you should definitely talk to somebody about it. Yeah, for sure. Start with your spouse or your best friend, right? Or a parent. Always start with what I learned is always start with your spouse. Absolutely. That's, that's what they're there for. And Absolutely. Before it's, yeah, before you, just don't take them for granted. They're, they're I mean, there. you know, my wife and I may be like an old Bible passage that people may think that, but my wife and I, we never go to bed angry. Mm-hmm. We never go to bed with something between us. We always talk about things. If I need to wake my wife up at two in the morning, three in the morning, um, because I had a rough night, I will do that. And she's great about it. And she's fantastic. And, uh, you know, definitely you got to have that communication, you know, with, with your spouse for sure. Yeah, definitely. But other than that, you know, you know, try to seek some help for sure. You have to. You have to talk to somebody about it. You don't want to, like, wallow in yourself because, you know, when you're in that position, I would say you're not strong enough to handle it yourself. No, not at all. Not at all. You think you can, but it's not. It sounds simple, but it's not. It really are. There's right. so many facets to it. It's like. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks, dude. So, oh, no problem. No, this is good. No problem. This was good. It's very cathartic. Yeah, don't feel guilty. I might pay, I might pay you to for therapy. I mean, I, I kind of used to counsel teenagers. <laughs> And if you think about it, teenagers just become shitty adults. We do. And their problems don't change. The scenarios just change. That's all. That's a good point. That's deep. What do I know? (laughs) I just have two degrees, bitches. (laughs) What do I do? I'm just a comedian now, guys. So I just uh, make people happy with jokes. (laughs) All right. See you guys. Uh, Hey, remember, I'm going to start telling people this, um, you know, about comedy and about life. Be kind and be funny. That's it. That's good. Be kind, be funny. Bye, ya. Yeah.